الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تعرض الفتن على القلوب كالحصير عودا عودا إلى آخر الحديث أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected on my kiram brothers and elders <coughs> This is in the nature of every human And at the same time any intelligent person is very careful Any person who has one cheap 150 rand Nokia phone He might not have any problem with using it on the street. It's only 150 rand. And there have been these kind of incidents where somebody got sort of held up for their phone. The person saw this phone, Tondrae gave it back to him. Say, rather keep it. This would be more of a burden for me to take it. So a person who's got that kind of phone, he's not even concerned about it much. He uses it anyway. But the person with his iPhone, he doesn't use it on the street. Forget on the street, in his car also, he is afraid to use it if he's stopped at some point and if his windows are down, he won't even use it. Because the greater the value of the item he has, the more he's concerned about looking after it. And the more he's afraid that this must not get lost, this must not get stolen, this must not get damaged. So to the extent that a person's iman is strong, to the extent that he has understood the value of that iman, to the extent that he has understood how crucial this iman is for him, to that extent he would be concerned about safeguarding it as well. And Allah forbid, if the value of that iman, that iman is there, but the value of it has not been realized, has not been fully understood, and how crucial it is to safeguard that iman has not fully dawned upon that heart. Then a person will use that, like that iPhone, he doesn't know the value of it, a small child, he'll walk on the street and he'll be just prone to anybody just hijacking it in one second. So those who understood the value of iman, who understood that this is beyond this temporary phase of life in this dunya, when a person leaves this world, all his material possessions will stay behind, his bank balance will stay behind, his car will stay behind, and all his wealth that he accumulated will stay behind, and his family will stay behind, nothing will come along with him, but his iman, his amal will come along. That is what will be of benefit to him in the qabr, when he is laid alone in that grave, and when that grave has been closed, and those mounds of sand have been now thrown onto it, and nobody else will be ready to come and spend half an hour with him, half a minute with him in that grave. At that time also his iman and his righteous actions will be there to assist him. And on the day of Qiyamah it will be of help to him and it is his iman that will take him to Jannah eventually. So a person who's realized this, who's understood it, on the one hand he will still be very desirous of strengthening this iman even more. And at the same time, he will be concerned that nothing must happen that will harm this iman. And the Sahaba Ikram understood this. And 
personality like Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. He understood this. And as a result of this concern, that I should not be encountering anything that will destroy this iman in any way, let alone destroy it, that will harm it in any way, that will bring about any deficiency in any way, being the personality who he was, being that personality regarding whom Nabi Islam said, that had they been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. But the door of Nubuat is closed, no Nabi would ever come. But had they been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. Person of that caliber, but his concern for his Iman and that it should not be harmed in any way, he is one day addressing the gathering of Sahaba. And he asked them, Ayyukum sami'a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yadhkurul fitan. Who of you heard Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa discussing fitan, fitna? The word fitan in Arabic is the plural of the word fitna. Fitna is a word everybody is generally familiar with. That who has heard Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioning the fitnas? Now why is he asking this question? For the very same reason that these fitnas, fitna means literally a test, a trial. There are those things that become trials and tests for a person in terms of his life, day-to-day life. There's some things that become a test in his wealth. They become, things that become, become tests for him in his physical self. It might be an illness. It might be some test on his wealth in terms of love for good, some loss. So these are tests as well. These are also trials in a way. But there are those things that become trials and fitnas for a person in his deen. And like a test in a person's wealth means some kind of harm, some danger, some loss. When something becomes a fitna in a person's deen, then that means something that's going to harm his deen. That's going to harm his iman. And see now, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, despite being the caliber of the person he was, and the personality that had the glad tidings of Rasulullah while walking on earth, among the Ashara Mubashara, the ten Sahaba who were given the glad tidings of Jannah, in one particular narration, ten names were taken. Abu Bakrin fil Jannah, wa Umaru fil Jannah, wa Uthman fil Jannah, ten names Nabi Salaam took, giving them the glad tidings. These people have already guaranteed their place, are guaranteed their place in Jannah. But despite that, he is still not complacent. And he's still concerned and he's inquiring. Who heard Nabi Islam speaking about the fitnas? So many Sahaba say, we heard about it. He said, perhaps Perhaps you are referring to those fitnas. In other words, when I asked fitna, I just said it generally. So you are probably thinking, I'm asking about those fitnas that affect a person in terms of his family, in terms of others around. He said, yes, that's what we're talking about. Persons... Family can become a fitna. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala describes this. Innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. That your wealth and your families, your wives and children, I test for you. In the sense that a person transgresses the bounds of deen sometimes for the sake of that family of his. In order to earn that wealth, he's transgressing the bounds of deen. That has become a fitna for him. In order to appease that wife and child, he is transgressing the laws of Allah Ta'ala. They have become a fitna for him. So he said, yes, this is what we are talking about. This is what we've heard Nabi Islam mentioned many times. So he said, look, that, that is in its place. 
But that is something which if a person then makes amends, he starts doing righteous actions, he makes toba istighfar, that will get taken care of. To kafiru has salat, was siyam, was sadaqa, he starts doing some righteous actions, he performs salah, he makes salat to toba, he fasts, he gives some sadaqa. This will become a compensation for those transgressions that had happened in this regard. I'm talking about something beyond that. Who heard Nabi Islam mentioning those fitnas? That come like the waves of the ocean. He's talking about something major. And he's giving a simile. That I'm talking about those fitnas that come in, like the waves of the ocean. The waves don't stop rolling. In other words, those fitnas, one hasn't come yet and finished off before that has really hit the shore, the other one is already there. And every subsequent wave seems bigger than the one before it. That those fitnas that just come like tsunamis, and a person is just helpless in front of it, he just gets bewildered, how does he overcome this? I'm talking about that. Huzifa bin Yaman radiallahu ta'ala he was that sahabi of Rasulullah who was known as Sahibu Sir. He was the bearer of the secret of Rasulullah. In the time of Nabi, there were many people who were munafiqeen, who pretended to be Muslims, claimed to have Iman, but in their heart there was kufr. They were just using the apparent side of Iman just for the sake of their material benefits, but within themselves they had kufr. And then at one stage, Nabi Wasallam was informed about who these people were. And he gave this secret to Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman that this is to be said to nobody else. And Huzaifa bin Yaman was aware of this list of munafiqeen. Therefore, Hazrat Umar whenever there was a funeral, he would wait to see, did Huzaifa bin Yaman attend this janazah? Is he going to attend this janazah? If not, I'm not attending also. Because perhaps this person is on that list. That he's present, why he's not attending the janazah? Perhaps this person is on the list. Let alone that, Hazrat Umar came to him once. The same concern that this Iman came to him, he said, look, this is a secret between you and Nabi Wasallam. So you are not to be exposing the secret to anybody. But look, tell me, is Umar's name on that list? I cannot ask you about anybody else, obviously, that's a secret. But I'm asking you about myself. Is Umar's name on that list? So this was their concern of their Iman. In any case, he's asking that who heard Nabi Islam mention these major fitnas? So Huzifa bin Yaman, he responds. He says, I asked about it. And I asked and I know about it. And he was the person who used to keep asking these kind of questions. And he used to even mention that people ask about the positive things. I ask about, well, apparently the negative things. The negative things meaning these kind of questions. What are the fitnas that will come? Makhafata ayyudrikani. But he says, my purpose of asking was that I was afraid I don't get caught up in some of these things. So I must know about it. If I know about it, I can stay safe from it. If I know this is a dangerous thing, perhaps I may be able to save myself from it. So Umar says, yes, you are the person who would know about it. Tell us. So now he explains what Nabi Islam said. Nabi Islam then he reports a hadith where Nabi Islam once said to the Sahaba that Tu'radu al-fitanu ala al-qulub kal-hasiri udan udan. 
that the fitnas will come upon the hearts. What is a fitna in a person's life? For example, what we discussed, somebody got ill, that's a test also. There's a fitna and a test in a person's wealth, that's a test also. But these are relatively smaller tests. Something happens to a person's health, something happens to his wealth, he too gets into a little bit of a concern mode. Allah forbid if he wasn't performing his salah, he's now becoming conscious, I must start making some salah and ask for help. A person gets sick, he starts making dua also. So that is sometimes actually a bounty that has come in the guise of a test. If it brought him closer to Allah Ta'ala. If that became the means of him repenting. If that became the means of him shunning vice and sin. That became the means of him coming onto the commands of Allah Ta'ala. That was a test, it was a trial. But that was a ni'mat actually, which brought him closer to Allah Ta'ala. But the fitna that comes on the heart. What is the fitna that comes on the heart? This is the effect of sin. The effect of vices. And this is what Hazrat Huzaifa is referring to. The Nabi said, That these fitnas will attack the heart. One after the other. The example that is being given like a straw mat. A person who has seen a straw mat understands how these straws are all packed one after the other. But when it is being made, it's manufactured. When the person is weaving that straw mat, to those who are experts at it, they have everything in place and they just drop those straws one after the other. One has barely fallen into place and the next one falls behind it. That is the example Nabi Salaam is giving to make us understand. That barely one fitna would have hit the shah, so to say, and the next one is there. It's the one fitna after the other. If it is not the fitna of the phone, then it's the fitna of some other nudity. And it's the fitna of some music. And the fitna of some dancing. And then those situations where in those circles, those families, those places, where these things were unheard of, where these things were not even imagined, that this could be understood and uh, to, could be taken as something permissible, that starts becoming the norm. The result, this is the result of what? The result of the fitna engulfing the heart. That how it starts off, that first a person, if he gets caught up in some sin, so it might be something that he slipped into, but his heart is very restless about it. He feels a very deep source of remorse and regret over it. And he feels hurt and pained over it. That why did I do this? This was wrong. I should never have done it. But then he felt that way, but he didn't take care to now protect himself from that in the future. Or he didn't really make amends for that. He didn't clean out the effects of that from his heart. So there was still some residue there. And then the next time again, Something else came in front of him, some other temptation. So he took on to that. So now that second time he fell into it again. But because he didn't clear the heart out the first time, this is building upon that. So the amount of remorse and regret is now lesser. Because part of the heart is already covered up with this effect of the previous sin. And he still feels something, but it's now very much lesser than the first time. And then the third time, and then the fourth time. But now by the time he's allowing this heart to keep getting attacked and he's allowing this sin to seep into the heart, a time comes when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then gives the example further. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, فَأَيُّ قَلْبٍ 
ushribaha nukita fihi nuktatun sauda wa ayyu qalbin ankaraha nukita fihi nuktatun bayda there's two situations now each time that fitna attacks each time that temptation comes whether the temptation is to look at some haram to listen to some haram to go to some gathering where there's all kind of haram there's music and dancing happening there and it's being done in the name of deen also and all kinds of fitnas and now the person just takes on to anything that comes and there's no inhibition so as it goes along now that's one side of it and then the other person he's also insan he also has a heart but each time there's a temptation he is resisting it he is allowing his heart to break but he is not prepared to break the command of allah taala there is a temptation to look at some woman but he is saying that allah taala has commanded qul lil mu'minina yaghuddu min absarihim say to the believing men they must lower their gazes that this is a poisonous arrow of shaitan so i cannot allow this poison to seep into my heart now in restraining that gaze of his he feels his heart is going to break he said, let it break for allah taala but i won't break the command of allah taala the temptation is there to go to a place of vice says come what may the whole crowd can be going wherever they going doesn't mean that if everybody is going to some place i must be part of the crowd has umar radhiyallahu anhu heard one person making dua allahumma ij'alni min al-qalil allah make me among the few found it very strange what kind of a dua is this he reprimanded the person what kind of a dua are you making allah make me among the few so i'm referring to the ayat of the quran sharif where allah taala says wa qalilum min ibadi ash-shukur very few of my servants are truly grateful they submit themselves to their benefactor allah taala is our creator he is our sustainer he is our nourisher he is providing for us we are breathing his air for free all the time if we can't breathe for half a minute we'll be like fish out of water allah taala provided that air and he is enabling us to breathe it his sustenance we are eating and everything is from him so therefore we should submit ourselves to him alone our loyalty should be to him alone this is the reality of gratitude allah taala says wa qalilum min ibadi ash-shukur very few of my servants are truly grateful this person says i'm making dua to be among that few wallah taala says they are very few as umar started crying he said ya allah you make me also among the few so this is the situation now this person is saying come what may my loyalty is to allah taala i allow my heart to break but i won't break the command of allah taala so these are the two types of people nabi islam is saying whichever heart kept on rejecting these fitnas every time this heart rejected that fitna there was a kind of great impact on the heart the person felt his heart might break but each time that heart is getting strengthened with the nur of iman and a time comes when that heart is mislu safa nabi islam gives the example that that heart becomes so strong with the power of iman the example is like a marble marble is very smooth nothing can stick onto it anything you pour it will just slip over and it's very strong as well nothing can penetrate it as a result over time after having repeatedly made that mujahada and rejected those fitnas and allowed the heart to be broken but not break the command of allah taala this heart becomes fortified with the nur of iman la tadurruhu fitnatun ma damati samawati wal ard nabi islam says this heart over time has now become fitna proof like you get a watch that is waterproof 
and you get all kinds of things that are proof and weather proof, this heart becomes fitna proof. Now this heart walks anywhere and no fitna can affect it. But because it over time made that mujahada. And the other heart, that heart which carried on taking whatever came, I can't resist anything. Somebody offers something to smoke, I go to smoke it. Somebody says, listen to this, I go to listen to it. Somebody says, I'm going to some haram place, I go to go with him. And wherever it seems like there's fun, whether that fun is happening completely in flagrant violation of the commands of Allah Ta'ala, how can I not be there? As a result, each fitna keeps attacking the heart. And it becomes aswadu murbadan, kalkuzi mujakhiyan, la ya'arifu ma'rufa, wa la yunkiru munkara, illa ma ushriba min hawa. Nabi Islam says the heart becomes darkened with those fitnas. Every time that the person allowed that fitna to seep in, that heart becomes darkened. Then Nabi Islam gives the example, it becomes like a glass, like a utensil, like a vessel that has been overturned. Like a glass, the person takes it and overturns it. Now what happens when something is overturned? Allah Munziri rahimahullah, very great muhaddis, he's saying what is, the mention, what is this meant to, uh, what the message is giving is, like a person turns a glass upside down, whatever water is there, anything is there, it all just drains out in a moment. Likewise, the heart has been turned upside down, all the noor of iman just flows away. There's only now darkness left. There's no noor of iman left. As a result, now this person, la ya'rifu ma'rufa, he cannot recognize any good. Person is being advised about good, he just can't understand it. How, how can I now spend my time in the masjid, or be reciting Quran Sharif now, this is a time for me to be doing something else, or make the dhikr of Allah wa ta'ala, or spend my time in the path of Allah ta'ala, all these things just are very far away. Wala yunkiru munkara, and there is no evil that he can ever reject. He takes everything as it comes. Illa ma ushriba min hawa, the only concern he has, and the only thing that moves him is, what his desire is. Fulfillment of his desires becomes his object of life. That he must live life to the full, every sin of the flesh is something he must indulge in. But what is the end result? End result is not, forget, akhirat is destroyed, even a person's dunya is destroyed, it is inevitable. And Allah forbid sometimes that comes in a condition that a person is involved in whatever else. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. And yet there are those who have dedicated their lives for Allah Ta'ala, they meet Allah Ta'ala in that manner also. Recently there was some incident, some accident, somebody had to, but suddenly passed away, at that moment that person was reciting Quran Sharif. And in that moment while reciting Quran Sharif, that came. Can we imagine, that had to come. Sooner or later everybody's going to go. What a wonderful way to meet Allah Ta'ala. And likewise Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. People passed away in a place nobody wants to be in. So this is the dividing line, that fitnas will come. And this dunya is filled with fitna. But we have already been alerted about this. And a person who has that realization of the value of his iman, that life is important, we've got to look after it. Wealth too is in amanat from Allah Ta'ala, we've got to look after that as well. All our possessions and material things, this too is a gift from Allah Ta'ala, but an amanat as well. We've got to look after it, use it correctly. But one day all this will pass, all this will perish, and neither we will be around also. But what is of ongoing, what's going to be with us all the time, when we move out of this dunya into the cover on the day of Qiyamah, is going to be our Iman, our righteous actions. Like we are concerned about protecting our life, our health, our wealth and everything else, there needs to be even greater concern for protecting our Iman. And the protection for that is 
that we stay safe from all the fitnas. We stay far away from the areas of fitna. We stay far away from the means of fitna. And protect ourselves and our families and the ummah at large from all these things that can harm our, our iman and our deen. In this way we'll be protected, we'll get the barakat and blessings of Allah Ta'ala in this dunya. This very world with or without the comforts and luxuries of world will become a place of peace and happiness for us. Because the place of that is really the heart. It's not outside. A person can have the best watch, but that doesn't mean that he'll have happiness in his heart also. He can be having the best phone in his hand, but that doesn't mean he'll have peace. It may be, maybe not. He can have the biggest bank balance, but that doesn't guarantee any peace. But if there's peace in his heart, and he has nothing outside, he's got the essence of it all. That peace comes Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. With the obedience of Allah Ta'ala to the heart, get that peace. This is what we have to try and make an effort for. Allah Ta'ala grant me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.